0: How are you guys doing? This episode was sponsored by Ghost Bed, so I'm actually currently on my last trip uh, for the next year or two. <laughs> to be honest with you guys, uh, I've continued with this trip mainly because it was so cheap when I bought the tickets a while ago. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you—I've stacked them up on top of each other, fairly, fairly heavily. I went to to Belgium, Hawaii. Elk hunting, and now I'm on this final trip. So there's been a lot going on inside of Ukraine that I'm sure you guys might be excited for, or maybe you've heard about a little bit about. But we're going to talk about this. The counteroffensive down inside of Kyiv has picked up, and it's gaining some momentum. And it seems it's actually moving towards the city itself. But as always, we're going to actually go over that here in just a, a little bit. We're going to go on with uh, with, with what's going on inside of uh, Ukraine in general. Now the United States has actually announced another good chunk of change worth of military aid that is going to be going to be supplied to Ukrainians or the Ukrainian military that is that is totaling a value of 625 million dollars which includes more high mars which is always a good thing and 500 excalibur artillery shells these new artillery rounds they're 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 um, that they're, they're, they're receiving are really effective it can hit a target from 25 miles away with a 4 meter impact area okay just 4 meters wide by 4 meters So it's crazy they haven't actually used these yet on the battlefield and they've done as much damage as they've done already. Like adding these things into a mix of things that they currently have is going to be extremely valuable with regards to taking out command posts, ammunition depots, communication areas. Just about anything where you want to make sure you want to have a first round impact if you have like a a static grid position. Now new evidence is actually coming out as well and these photos you guys are currently seeing is inside of the Harkiv area. Now, the Russians were actually torturing Ukrainians once again inside of this area using different methods. Now, one of them was being actually pulling their teeth out and pulling uh, their what's those things called on top of your tooth that stops you from getting a cavity. They're pulling the gold filling out. So you guys see that bin full of of gold dentures and fillings. That's what they were removing. Then you have some other objects, which I don't really need to explain what they're used for, but it's absolutely terrible. And then you have this gas mask, which was strange to me at the beginning because I didn't really know exactly what it was used for. And I had to go find out for you guys. Now, the Russians were actually using these gas masks and they're putting them on Ukrainian prisoners with, with smoldering rags inside of them. Then they were also then burying them alive and then digging them back up. Absolutely terrible. But if you're wondering, the Russian troops that have been uh, retreating victoriously while the Ukrainian army runs after them uh, in panic. That's what they're now claiming.
1: главное, вот мы отступаем сейчас. Мы все переживаем из-за этого, и состояние не очень. Все у меня ребята уже там сколько в отличном настроении, наступление, наступление. Ждём, приезжайте. Мы ждем, как бы у нас с 19 числа 23 человек, у меня 7 человек, осталось. Ждем, люди нужны, люди нужны, это ресурс, который самый главный. Артиллерия, артиллерия, танки, танками, пехота решает вопрос. Ждем их, не надо бояться, вместе победим. Это не закончится здесь, это может продолжиться и там, у нас дома.
0: So, I guess this guy should actually win an award for the best motivational speech, like best motivational speaker the Russians have, because he's clearly made it. And he's making it seem that they've prepped to fight even more so since he's only lost seven, uh, excuse me, he only has what, seven, and what did he say, seven men left out of the 23 he used to have? Like, imagine being a Russian civilian, being called up to fight inside of Ukraine. You end up inside of this guy's unit. Day one, he's like, all right, boys, hope you guys are ready. There's only seven of us left. Uh, That means you guys are replacing the 16 we've had killed already. So good luck. We're going to have a lot of fun. Hope you guys are ready. Good, good on him for being a motivational speaker. He's ready. So there's nothing better than getting a great night's sleep and sleeping on a mattress that's designed for you and your particular sleeping style can really help. That's why I'm excited to partner with Ghostbed. I love him so much. I had to bring one of their pillows with me on my trip. Yes, this nice, cool, relaxing pillow came with me. Ghostbed is actually a family-owned business that's been doing business in the mattress industry and other sleeping products for more than 2 decades. They know sleep is personal and mattress shopping can be overwhelming. Ghostbed takes on the guesswork out of the equation with their online mattress quiz. Answer a few questions about your lifestyle, your sleeping style, and they'll recommend you the right Ghostbed mattress for you. You'll get a 101 night sleep, yes, 101 night sleep trial with free returns for added peace of mind and shipping is fast and free plus all ghost bed mattresses are proudly made guess where in the great country, the great United States of America. So go check them out. For a limited time, our listeners can get 30% off a GhostBed mattress plus two free pillows. Yes, those pillows you see right behind me. Or get a 40% off when you bundle the mattress with their award-winning adjustable base. Use promo code ROB at ghostbed.com forward slash ROB to take advantage of this offer. That's www.ghostbed.com forward slash ROB. Use promo code ROB to save 30% or 40 percent with their adjustable award-winning base they will be linked at the very top description for everybody over here on YouTube I do love you thank you so much for Ghostbed for sponsoring this episode go check them out like I said they'll be linked at the very top description now we're actually starting to see these Russians say to their civilians that they have actually lost big chunks of Ukraine and the worst is yet to come <laughs>
2: Сказать, что, конечно, непростая ситуация. Вооруженные силы Украины находятся на пике возможностей в связи с проведенной мобилизацией, которую они начали еще ранней весной. Естественно, пик возможностей связан с жирными поставками Запада. С активным участием и орбитальной группировки в разведывательной деятельности. Но это не значит, что мы посыпались как карточный домик. Да, мы на Херсонщине потеряли 17 населенных пунктов. Это обсуждают в сети. Я считаю, что ну, ситуация по тяжести своей, она, конечно, была предсказуема. Что говорить? Мы испытываем сейчас проблемы и на лиманском направлении. Но вот посмотрите... В чем тонкость? Едва мы бросили силы на подготовку второй линии обороны возле Кременной, все, Кременная встала крепко, и теперь уже силы смещаются к Сватово, и, возможно, Сватово станет населенным пунктом, который э, будет... Э, Держать оборону уже ну, являться основной целью, уже не Кременная. Кременной напор упал. Почему? Потому что впервые, я подчеркиваю, здесь использована, ну вот пока я вижу, инженерная техника, надолбы, и солдатам остается только лопаткой подровнять.
0: Can I just point out one thing real, real quick? What he said here, and, and and he said everything that's actually has happened in regards to them losing the area around Kharkiv was predictable. Now, how in the world can a statement like this be true if you were able to actually predict this happening, and then why didn't you just stop it from happening and address your troops so you didn't lose as many? I've been speaking with a gentleman... Uh, who's actually fighting inside of Ukraine currently? I spoke to him a couple days ago, matter of fact. And he and I both have some of the same thought process, or maybe a better way to put it is some of the possible same ideas about these situations. Could it be possible that Putin is allowing his men to actually lose and take such losses to give himself the chance to use some of the bigger weapons he hasn't even touched yet? Would he be doing something as terrible as this to allow as many of his men to actually die and then give them an opportunity to do
2: this? <laughs> А вся э, наша э, проблема в том, как мы действуем на местах. Мы же еще учимся. Я понимаю, что это жутко слышать на восьмом месяце э, специальной операции. Но, тем не менее, мы же репортеры. Мы ждем подкрепления. Подкрепление идет, с подкреплением уже занимаются. Но если мы сейчас бросим этих людей в бой, извините меня, что с ними будет? Мы должны должны быть милосердны к солдату и подготовить его на высшем уровне, прежде чем он мог себя уверенно чувствовать на поле боя. Это раз. Второе. Если бы мы собрали мобилизованных 300 тысяч в начале специальной военной операции, а у нас были большие потери в начале, И мы бы этих потратили, слава богу. Что сейчас все происходит на фоне эмпирического, так сказать, познания современной войны на линии фронта и наших успехов, не успехов, но тем не менее стабильной ситуации, если бы триста тысяч тогда бы кинули. Мы бы их потратили. Сегодня уже другая ситуация.
0: Now does anybody have a clue who this guy really believes what he is actually saying? It's, it's, it's somewhat actually funny how they try to spin getting their teeth kicked in on a daily now is a good thing and that's a lesson learned.
3: тревожно, и это вежливо выражаясь. Сам Херсон в опасности прямо сейчас, как происходящему относиться? Почему там совсем не прикрыто? Когда там окажутся люди? И я с пониманием, уважением к необходимости бережно относиться к солдату. Но когда солдат появится на фронте, не будет ли поздно через две недели, три?
2: Нет. Нет, нет. Ну, у нас, во-первых, те силы, которыми мы воюем, они естественно не обеспечены возможностью рвануть к Киеву или быстро захватить Харьков, но те территории, которые мы обеспечиваем своей безопасностью, ну, это достаточно. Конечно, если собрана сила, а у нас на двух направлениях украинцы действуют сейчас, это Лиман и Херсон, наиболее остро, но если мы Ну, как вам объяснить? Вы хотите, чтобы мы оказывались в мешке? Нет, и я не хочу, и они не хотят. Поэтому выравнивают линию фронта, поэтому, ну, отходят с территории. Конечно, это больно, конечно, это это ощущение, что тебя нащелкали по дыне, но и потери у нас есть. Но война такая штука. Идут, и техника идет, все идет. Я не обманываю, я не, не, не пропагандой занимаюсь. Я обычный репортер. Могу только описывать то, что происходит.
3: Саш, в этой связи когда будут изменения первые на фронте, позитивные для России? Я понимаю, что строить прогнозы дело неблагодарное. Тем не менее, по ощущениям, что говорят люди в окопах?
2: Ну, если мы говорим о каких-то успешных, больших наступлениях, это месяца два, наверное.
0: So I know that these longer clips uh, than the ones we're usually seeing, but I, I didn't want to break them up due to the fact that they were actually talking about something, and, and if I would have broke it up, it wouldn't make any sense. He is claiming that the front line is out of Kyrgyzstan, and in other areas, is being halted right now, as I'm making this video. But for sure, this is not the case, which you're going to learn about here in a minute or so. If the Russians... Here, like if, if they're going to wait two more months to create this type of or any type of major offensive, then they have almost for sure lost this war inside of Ukraine. Now, I, I know saying this is a very bold statement, but I say this because they're going to allow the Ukrainians to then push them back. They currently are. And then they're going to be able to fortify these positions way better than they were eight months ago. Like the Russians surprised the Ukrainians overnight with the beginning of this war or this special military, whatever you want to call it. But I can assure you, if they get pushed back closer to the Russian border, and they're going to have to wait two more months to even attempt a real offensive push, and then they may as well just hang it up and go home. Like, think about it. The Ukrainians are going to be so dug in. Like, they're going to have to call up another 300,000 men just to break through these lines. And can we just throw out the biggest factor here? It'll become winter. They're gonna be It's going to be super sloppy, super wet, which we know how well the, that this worked out last time for the Russians when they attempted a large movement in the wintertime. Now I want you guys to pay attention to the demeanor of the men inside of this room and there's, I think there's actually one woman in there it's the same one we always see and how they're just acting in comparison to even just a few
1: weeks ago Три семерки и так далее. Различные виды, виды РСЗО, различные, не только химерсы, там другие есть. И все иностранное. И они не имеют недостатков абсолютно, боеприпасов, не имеют недостатка в ракетах, не имеют недостатков в ничего. Поэтому вопрос, в какой срок мы можем это перестроить. И мы обязаны это перестроить. Now obviously, this
0: is an old mindset that they have been having since I, I can't give you the exact date, but prior to World War II. The Russians say that they're going to have 100% of their mobilized They're going to have to mobilize 100% of their population inside of their country to actually make some sort of like task that is like facilitating in this wartime effort to even stand a chance. They're going to have to do that. Like they are currently losing so many pieces of equipment, they can't just sustain this for a long period of time. And I know there's going to be some of you guys inside the comments who are gonna say, hey, they're just gonna pull a lot of stuff out of storage. They like they have so much stuff they're gonna be up, they're gonna be fine. That has to be one of the most idiotic comments I see all the time that come about the surplus of Russian military equipment. The equipment they have stored is from what, like the 50s, 60s, somebody is from the 70s. Like, for God's sake, this this is you guys are giving them way too much credit. Do you guys really think? anything they've built just in those times can keep up with anything that's on the front line right now and that's with me giving them some credit at, in the 60s and 70s we were seeing them pull stuff out from from the 50s and 40s just yesterday russia lost 44 tanks in one day 44 in one day like this that's not a small amount of tanks and we got to think about it they're also losing trained crew members as well which is months of training, and I think inside their crews they run two men. So you got 88 men were lost just crew members alone. Okay, that's months of training and knowledge, which is not replaceable. So losing men just like that in that, that skill set is is a is a bit more than, than trying to train somebody to go out and shoot a rifle. It really is fairly significant.
1: Я мы должны цензуру не этого бесспорно должна быть свобода и так далее все понятно но мы должны понимать что мы сейчас находимся в достаточно жёстком времени. Бесспорно, нужно и перестраивать и систему управления войсками. Это тоже надо перестраивать. Мы все сейчас видим все недостатки, и всегда о том, что происходит, надо откровенно говорить, откровенно делать выводы для того, чтобы победить. Вот какие вещи. Исходя из этих, мы понимаем, что должны быть сроки определённые. Не надо стесняться, мы должны перейти, если понимаем, что у нас не хватает ресурсов, мы должны перейти к жёсткой обороне, мы закопаться, заминироваться. Мы должны дать возможность хорошо подготовиться нашему мобилизационному ресурсу, резерву, который сейчас проходит мобилизацию. Мы обязательно должны сделать так, чтобы он грамотно и правильно вводился в боевые действия. So and, court, a... and I
0: also like how they he, he contradicted himself here completely, saying that the and I think he's just too naive to even realize it, or maybe too too I don't know what's going on. Like you can't even take away somebody's freedom of speech and then expect them to give you correct reporting like from anybody inside your military because they're going to be afraid to tell you the truth of what's really happening on the ground if the russians really believe this is the correct route for them to take then they need to take steps back look at the current countries that do this and see how well they're doing let's be honest look at north korea pretty good like i'm going to tell you guys right now the russian military is collapsing on the front lines Now, the Ukrainians are seeing a ton of progress coming out of Kupians. This is honestly, for me, like crazy to see unfold right in front of us because it goes to show you that all it takes is some planning and some wherewithal of what is going on, like to to prevent massive mistakes from, from happening, like to be honest with you guys, and to show you guys the Russians' inability to actually communicate with inside the ranks, like with real ground information, is another key factor for the demise inside of this area. Look at this. This entire area right here. Oh my God. That's disgusting when you think about it from 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 the perspective of how large the Russian military is and how 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 badly they're being beaten on this line is is really kind of crazy Ukraine military has successfully liberated every single town along the old school river and has actually forced the Russians to collapse their front completely in retreat to the most likely area which is going to be Sivitov. I'm very very sure I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm 100 confident of that because I'd be stupid and naive but I'm fairly confident I'm gonna say 99 percent This is the area I'm talking about Civito right here. All of them are retreating back through here. That's what's happening right now. I expect these lines to continue to collapse over the next few days as the Russians continue to retreat back to an area we have discussed in previous episodes, and that's going to be on the outer edges of the city. The town of Tyranny, by the way, has also been liberated here in the last 24 hours, which is going to give the Ukrainians access to this main route, the P-66 route that is in between Crimea and Sivitov. So this main route, we've had this, we've had this shown on this map this entire time, is now going to be under heavy, heavy, heavy... I'm going to say heavy artillery fire because it's already been, but it's probably going to get cut off by the Ukrainians over the next couple days. And this is the area I'm talking about. They're able to push through here. We've been talking about this. This is so insane to watch this actually happen on the ground. I've I've actually never wanted to pat myself on the back, but this is going to be the time I say, way to go. We we held the ground and we did not go out and start making these far-fetched assumptions like we've seen from other people. This one, this is solid. Like this is exactly what's happening. They're going to push down this P66 route, and they're going to end up trying to fortify this this intersection, this T intersection right here, because they're going to need to hold it. I fully expect the Russians to make a so-called last stand inside this area because they cannot lose this key city at the current pace. At the current pace, we could possibly see this sort of thing play out over the next two weeks or so, if the mil- Ukrainian military is actually capable of keeping the pressure on the retreating ruff- Russians. is Civitov falls. Then the entire northern piece of this AO, which I'm talking about, this whole area right here, is basically going to fall. Uh, it, it's useless right now, honestly, past Zivitov, because this this area isn't completely occupied by just random Russians that are chilling, just holding there. This is why you've seen like when a front line collapses, like we've seen over numbers number of times over the last week or so, it is then followed by a very large chunk of ground that is then lost by the, the opposing side after the line has collapsed. That's why we see it happening here. We've seen it happen all along this front right here, too. When the line collapsed, you, got, you saw a big swath of land get taken back by the Ukrainians. Inadequate planning is also another reasoning for this. The Russians' inability to actually stop their line from folding in on itself once the breakthrough of it's actually happened. Now, the really interesting piece is going to be happening around Kyrgyzstan because the Ukrainians are absolutely crushing the Russians. Like, absolutely crushing him, forcing him to retreat in a very timely manner. Like, the same thing we saw around Izium. So, I have kept these lines. So, the previous video, the previous episode we made, this whole area, I'm going to show you guys where it was. Roughly about, no, no, excuse me. Oh, actually, no, it was. Right here, that was all Russian held. This was all Russian held. that is how much ground they've taken back since we last spoke the timing of these offensive pushes inside the south and the north are very interesting to be honest with you guys uh, speaking with a, a buddy of mine who's actually on the ground fighting inside of ukraine I, i'm not going to tell you exactly where he's at but i think he's kind of inside this area he was expecting them to make a bush a big push down south inside of kyrson in the coming weeks to months due to the amount of men and equipment he's seen coming into this area since he got back he doesn't know exactly when but it clearly it happened like Come, come to find out it happened two days later, matter of fact. The Ukrainians actually decided it was time and they've seen a weak point to do so. But we have been saying here on this channel for a bit that the Ukrainians have been softening up the Russians inside this area by hitting them with relentless airstrikes over the past two weeks and taking out all of the air defense systems and making it almost impossible for them to actually retreat due to the amount of shelling that they've had and all the bridges that have absolutely been destroyed. The the, the way out of this area, outside of Kyrgyzstan, that is, is, it will be next to impossible for the retreating Russians to set up any hasty defensive lines due to there not being any like real natural barriers for them to actually separate themselves from the ongoing Ukrainians. Like, I'm, I mean, rivers or bodies of water, just hills in general, but since this area is mainly just flat farmland, the most likely, the most likely course of action for the Russians inside the northern part of this region. So I'm talking about, I'm going to say anything roughly from here. I'm going to call this the north. This is going to be north. I don't know what that is. It's like a weird M. They're going to have to retreat over the Dnipro River into Nova Kokosha, but that bridge is so badly damaged that they're not going to be able to get any of their heavy equipment across. They're they're just going to be able to get trucks. And this is the area I'm talking about, right down there, where that X is. So I don't know if they're going to be able to get anything across. I don't know. You know what's even worse for the Russians? If they do attempt to just say, all right, we got to hold the line at the Inhulets River, well, that's, that's a possibility. So say all these men, the new front line ends up being stuff roughly something like this, okay? This is all controlled by Ukrainians, which is a possibility. I think that's probably going to happen. Imagine if they go across and they want to then hold this line on the Inhits River, okay? So now they start holding a line that looks something like this. Now this is all Russian held, okay? They're they're now going to be in range of all their artillery that the Ukrainians have down inside of Kyrgyzstan. We know how effective it's been thus far in the area. Uh, so much so that the Russians have been stalled out without the ability to advance because they have no supplies to do so with. Like in the past five days alone, the Ukrainian military has taken back over 1,000 square kilometers of land in the southern portion of Ukraine alone. Like I don't believe they're going to stop pushing the Russians south either. Like I really do believe we're going to see them forced across the river so they do not sustain as many casualties as they would if they stayed across on the northern side of it. Like from what I can tell, the Russians have also started to withdraw their troops from uh, Snoroviga, which is just north of here. There we go. Just right here. So they have been retreating their troops down south. Now, I'm going to say right now, it, I still have this kind of held by the Russians, but the command and control centers inside of here have collapsed. All the Russian officers have also fled the city. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, that's another reason why I think they could be setting up for a possible, I think it'd be really stupid if they set up on the Inhalis River, but it is the Russians, so who knows what they're going to do. You know, I'm going to clean this up. I'm going to give you guys my my most likely course of what's going to happen here real quick because I, I believe this is pretty much what's going to happen. I think... By just by looking at this. So the Russians are going to get pushed down these main routes all the way through here, and they're going to have to retreat across. I think that's really what's going to happen. There's going to be a new defensive line that's going to be set up roughly somewhere along this river, okay, this river right here, and it's going to be teed off somewhere like this. This is all going to be Russian-held. This is somewhat what it's going to look like. I do believe they're going to get pushed back because all this land right here, this is all farm, all this. It's going to be so hard for them to maintain and set up any type of defensive line along this thing. It's going to be very difficult. The other big thing is they're going to allow the Ukrainians to get to get their artillery really close to the city of Kyrsten itself, which is going to allow the Ukrainians to endlessly pound them in their rear element. I know that sounds really weird saying it like that now that I actually just said that out loud. But what I meant by that is they're going to pound them all through here, all in this rear element where all their supplies and everything's going to be trying to go across that river. Like that's going to be very difficult to hold that. So then what do we have coming on here in the next few months? The same thing we spoke about at the beginning of this episode, and that would be winter. We well, are witnessing something like of like of some sort of military, like strategic importance, like we've never seen before. Right now, that will be talked about in the history books for years to come. And militaries, they're going to train on this. Literally, they're going to look back on this in this moment. This past two weeks, where the Russians made such large mistakes and how a larger, more powerful military and army was able to actually lose a war while being the aggressor. So, hope you guys did enjoy this video. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging with me. I'll see you here in a day or so at a different location in backdrop.